series, um, Who Do You Think You Are in Christ? It's a very exciting series. I, there have been amazing words that, even though it's stuff that we've all heard so many times, it, it's changed how I think about myself, and it's changed how I see things around me. And today, even if you've heard this before, even if you've heard all these scriptures, even if you know everything there is to know about being in Christ, God wants to speak to you. As I've done this, I studied this with Pastor Colin, the man that wrote the book, not the book, but the In Christ Jesus book. And I studied it with him, and I've still learned loads more today. We've got Pastor Alan, who's the most incredible teacher about In Christ Jesus, and I've still learned more. So let's pray, and let's be good soil today. Father God, I thank you this morning that your words are spoken, that your truth is revealed. I thank you for a spirit of revelation in this place this morning. I thank you that we are good soil. And I thank you, Lord, that we are doers of the word. Thank you, Lord, for your peace and your presence here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, eight weeks ago, I got married. And here I have, you're very privileged, my marriage certificate. Didn't know they looked like that until I got my own one. It's kind of fun. Because I have a marriage certificate, because I got married, my name has changed. Can you see where I'm going with this already? <laughs> it's a pretty obvious example, but it's amazing. Because I got married. I exchanged vows. I exchanged rings with my husband. That happened. And then after that happened, I signed a register book thing. And then oh, Pam will be looking at me going, oh, you don't even know the word still. And I got a certificate. But the certificate is just a seal and just proof that I got married already. This is not my marriage. This was not the ceremony. This was the proof. This is the seal. And when you get saved, when you give your life to Jesus, he gives us a seal, which is the spirit. You're saved already, and he gives you the Holy Spirit as a seal. We can even read that in the Bible. Ephesians 1.13 says, and you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So it's there. I'm not making it up. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Holy Spirit is the seal. Now, because I got married, because I have this seal, this proof, this thing right here gives me power to change my identity. My identity's already been changed. I'm not Becky McGowan anymore and Becky Lynn Scott. That's changed. But this is the proof. This is the seal of it. And because of this, I got to change this, my passport. This is my identity. This is how I get about. This is my access to everything. It has my picture in it, what I look like. It's got a few personal details in there, which I won't be sharing. <laughs> but because of this seal, I'm able to change my passport. I'm able to change my bank cards. I'm able to change any contracts I have. My identity is different because I have a new identity, because I got married. I'm not Becky McGowan anymore. I'm Becky Linscott. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so you, you 
have a seal of the Holy Spirit. You have a new identity, which means your access, the passport gives you access to travel, to go different places. Your access is to the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. Now. Because you are in Christ. Full access. This is a really, British passport's a really good one. We can get a lot of places on this one. And this is like the kingdom of heaven passport that you have now because you are in Christ. You have the seal, so you have the passport. You have the access. I thought that was really cool. You don't seem that excited about it, but I was really excited. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) It's always Dave. No, before we go any further, I want to tell you something that you already know. Matthew 11, 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people lay hold of it. It's forceful. It's an active thing. The word of God is living and active, the Bible says. So this morning, if you want to take hold of the word, you need to be active. You need to be like Dave. <laughs> you need to agree. You need to, because it does something in your spirit. So if I say something that you like, repeat it. If everyone's doing that, then we won't all look silly. I won't look silly as well. <laughs> when I repeat myself ten times. Because it's so exciting. I have a completely new identity. Amen. Today, we're talking about a new portrait which basically means I get to talk about anything, (laughs) about being in Christ. My name is in the book of life. Here's my book of life. I've got a seal. I've got proof. My name is written in that. Your name is written in the book of life. That's that's like complete access. You're on the VIP list. So don't forget your identity, because you need to prove that you're on the VIP list. (laughs) I'm not who I used to be. I know it's just a name change, but I'm more than, it's more than just a name change. And I'm a wife now. I've got to stand by my husband. I'm part of a team. I'm not a lone wolf anymore, neither is he. <laughs> it, because my identity has changed, who I am has changed, what I do has changed. I can't just think about myself anymore and eat when I want to eat. I have to cook a meal for him, or he has to cook a meal for me. We have to think about each other now. I have to pick up his smelly socks. Barney, if you're listening to this, I love you. (laughs) So, a portrait is a picture of a person. Simple, right? The dictionary says, I love this. I was so excited. A portrait is a painting, photograph, sculpture, or other artistic representation of a person in which, are you ready? The face and its expression is predominant. The intent is to display the likeness, personality, and even mood of a person. The intent is to display the likeness, personality, and mood of a person. So if I took a picture of you right now, that's a portrait. What, what is displayed by that? What's your mood? Are you joyful? Are you rejoicing? What's your personality? Are you a new creation? What's your likeness? What does that portrait of you represent? What does it show? What's it like? What's its likeness? When you often see a picture of a father and son or a mother, and, oh, don't they look like their parents? I get, all the time I see children grow up through the children's and youth ministry, and I see the parents and I go, I know that that child belongs to that parent. Why? Because there's a likeness. What's our likeness to be? It's to be in Christ. Our likeness is to be that of Christ. What do we look like? So exciting. You're not excited enough. 
And the thing is, it's already done. It's, I, it's already done. I don't have to now, you have to work at a marriage, but I don't have to now work at being married. I am married. I don't have to try and get this. It's, it's here already. I have my certificate. I don't have to, oh, I've got to be married. I've got to be married. I've got to be married. Let's force this marriage to happen. No, it, it's happened. I've got the seal. I've got the proof. I've got the change in ID. My identity's different. I've got it. I don't have to make it happen. I have to work it out. I have to bless my husband. I have to love him. I have to stay with him. But it's already done. I'm already married to him. There's no going back now. (laughs) So what does your portrait look like? Well, Genesis 127 says you're made in the image of God. Or another translation says in his likeness. What's a portrait? It's to portray the likeness. And it says we were made in his likeness. Right at the beginning, right in Genesis, before anything else happened, God says, right, you're in my likeness. That's your portrait. And then the sin happened. And so Jesus had to do something about it to go, here's my likeness. You can be restored to that. This is my likeness. This is what I want you to be like. So what is that? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> what is that likeness? What does that look like? Could, can you all turn to Colossians 2, verse 9? It says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So we're to be like Christ, and in Christ, the fullness of the deity, the fullness of God, lives in us. And I read it in the Amplified, because sometimes I like to confuse myself with lots of words. And it says, I think it's going to go up. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, not just once, but carries on doing it, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Giving complete expression of the divine nature. I'm going to say it again because you're not excited. Giving complete expression of the divine nature. Not a partial showing of who God is. Not a little bit when you're doing well and then you're having a good day and you've prayed up so you're on it when you've had a good, quiet time with God in the morning and you've read your daily reading, a complete expression of what? Of the divine nature. It's a new nature. We're a new creation. Joy's message three, four weeks ago, if you did not hear it, you need to get the podcast and listen to it, about our identity, that we, have, we are a new creation. We're something completely different. And what is it? What is our new nature? The old has gone, the new has come. What is the new? It is divine nature. It's something heavenly. It's something of God. And we get to show a complete expression of that. Not a part, but a complete expression. Colossians 2.10, in the Amplified again, says, And you are in him, made full, and having come to fullness of life, in Christ you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature, Think about that. You reach full spiritual stature. You go to the top of where you are called to be. You don't tread in the ground. You're not the lowest. You're not struggling as a Christian, but you reach full spiritual stature. Everyone say it out loud. I reach full spiritual stature. I reach full spiritual stature. So good. I've been declaring this over my life the past couple of weeks when I saw this. It's incredible. 
um, I've lost my place. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. And you are in him, made full, and having come to a fullness of life in Christ. You have a fullness of life. What does your portrait look like? It looks full of life. Yeah. Have you ever seen my passport photo? Is Well, it's ugly. You know how you're not allowed to smile, you're not allowed to do certain things? I'm being signalled, but I'm making too much noise with my necklace. <laughs> My passport photo is pretty ugly because you're not allowed to show life. You have to be quite deadpan. But your portrait of who you are in Christ should be full of life. Yeah. Full of, not should be, is yeah. full of life because it's already been done. It's already been done. You have your marriage certificate. It's already done. You're already full of life. Already full of life. Say out loud, I am full of life. I love it. So you have the fullness of the deity, giving complete expression of divine nature. This is really wordy. This is what happens when you use the Amplified Bible. Watch the expression of your portrait, full of life, divine nature. I'm so excited. I love this. There should be more excitement happening. <laughs> so my name is Becky Linsker. That's my identity. But sometimes I say I'm Becky McGowan still. It's only eight weeks. <laughs> it only happened eight weeks ago. Sometimes I slip and I say I'm Becky McGowan. But that's not who I am. I'm Becky Linscott. But sometimes I fall into an old habit of saying I'm Becky McGowan. I'm not. That's not who I am. But sometimes I can say it by mistake, out of a habit. I identify myself with something that is old, with something that is gone. It's not who I am. I am Becky Linscott. And sometimes... Our divine nature, our divine nature is sinless. And sometimes we fall into an old habit of the old nature. You don't have that nature, but you can fall into a habit of giving in to temptation, of sinning. It can be, you can feel so pressured, I have to be divine nature, I have to live right, I can't sin, I have to do this right, I've got to be full of joy, I've got to be full of life. And you can pressurise yourself. But actually, do you know what the secret of it is? Of having a portrait of no sin? because you have divine nature, so you are sinless. That's such a good confession. Say, I have divine nature, I am sinless. You're a lot less energetic with that one. Is that hard to say? Is that hard to believe? Let's say it again. I have divine nature, I am sinless. The trick about not sinning is to really, sometimes we go, oh, no, sin is gone. I can't be sinned anymore. I'm a Christian. I've got a new portrait. Can't sin. Well, no, actually, you can still sin. Well, sin is still there. Sin hasn't died. Temptation isn't gone. Jesus was tempted, and he had the full expression, and that's not a lie about him, full expression of divine nature. And he was tempted, but he didn't sin. Why? Because he is dead. The part of him that wants to sin is dead. How can something want something if it's dead and gone? What I have is the life of Christ. The life of Christ in me does not want to sin. Divine nature is sinless. So if I am full of divine nature, I can say, it's just a temptation. I'm dead to sin. That sin has no power over me. I don't need to sin anymore. It says in Romans 6, verse 2 to 3, 
Verse 1 says, shall we sin because we're under grace? Not un- because we're under grace and not under law. And then Romans 6, 2 says, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. See, I'm not lying to you. It's in the Bible. How can we live in it any longer? We can't live in sin. How can we? We're dead to sin. We can't live in sin. Sin is part of the old nature that is gone. I, I just find that so exciting. My portrait is sinless because I'm dead to it. The part of me that always wanted to sin is dead. It can't sin. Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Jesus Christ were baptised into his death? Just as we believe that Jesus has died, we believe that we have died. I have divine nature. My life is the life of Christ. I don't want to sin. I can say no to temptation. My portrait can stay sinless. You're really quiet again. (laughs) It's so exciting. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you have to turn to it. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So you're not being tempted apart from what everyone else is being tempted with. You're not some special case. Sometimes we think, oh, no one knows what I have to bear, what I go through. Yeah, it's the same for everybody. Circumstances might be different, but everyone's tempted just the same. And then it says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He's not, there is no temptation, there is no offer of sin or chance to sin that can be put on you that you can come against, that you can see, that you can't say no to. Bible says it. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's exciting. It doesn't matter what I want to do, that's wrong. I know, God said, it's gone. It's got no power, I can say no to it. It's exciting. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. There is a way out. You do not have to sin. And God always provides it. Amen. I'm so excited. Galatians 5.16. Let's turn to this. Because this is part of the way out. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How do you get a way out of being tempted, of, of sinning when you're tempted? You walk by the Spirit. Your, your spirit is full. It's full of life. It's full of divine nature. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. The fullness, the Christ, the everything amazing and incredible that you are does not want to sin. So exciting. Walk by the Spirit. Now, I'm going to let you into a little secret. To start with, I didn't want to give up being Becky McGowan because I had my identity my whole life, 28 years of my life, I was Becky McGowan. I knew who I was. People knew who Becky McGowan was. I was comfortable being Becky McGowan. I had my little routines. I had the way I did things. It's not that I didn't want to be Becky Linscott. I wanted to marry Barney. I wanted to be Mrs. Rebecca Linscott. But there was a time where I didn't really want to give up being Becky McGowan. Don't do that. Don't don't hang on to your old creation. Don't hang on to what's dead. Because, tell you what, being Becky Linscott is so much better than being Becky McGowan ever was. Because I'm walking in the plan that God has for me. 
and that is so much better than anything that might look even slightly comforting that is dead and buried behind you. Don't, don't cling on to your old portrait, your old identity. Let it be. Leave it. Change your passport. Change your bank cards. Change your driving licence. Because you have a new identity. Amen. And it is so much better. Amen. Don't try and be a caterpillar when you're a butterfly. You'll get your wings all dirty. <laughs> walking in divine nature is so much better than walking in death. Because that's what your old nature was. It's death. It's the way to death. You should be way more excited about walking in divine nature. So, what do I look like? Complete expression of divine nature. What does it look like? What's your portrait? Well, to start with, when I got married, I got a ring. I already had one, and then I got another one. And it's a diamond ring. I like diamonds. (laughs) Poor Barney. And under these lights especially, it really shines. I don't know if it shines to you guys, but it does to me here. And this this is a sign of my marriage. It's a symbol of my marriage. Are you shining as a, as a sign that you're safe, that you have a new portrait? Does your portrait shine brightly with the glory of God? Because the Bible says you're glorified. Should we find that? I love it. Romans 8, verse 29 to 30. Let's turn there. For those... God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Oh, look, there it is again. What do you look like? The son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. He's talking about you. He foreknew you. He knew you before you were born. Before he made the foundations of the world, he knew you and he called you and he says, I have a plan and a purpose for them and I want to glorify them. And he came and he died for us and he glorified us and all we have to do is shine. All we have to do is walk in that, what he has already done. You don't have to pray it into being, Lord, glorify me, glorify me, Lord, help me not to sin, help me. No, you just have to walk in it. We so overcomplicate walking on the right path. You just have to walk. And when you get tempted, say, go away. You're already glorified. You've already got a diamond ring on your finger. I don't have to try and make another finger shine. I'm not going to shine. I'm just like, please, shine, shine. No, I'm already shining. I'm already glorified. I already have the diamonds. He's welcome to buy me some more. <laughs> Let's go to 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. You have the promises of God. You don't need to earn them, grab them, reach for them. You have them. You have them. You have your new ID. You have it already. You have divine power to do this, to see this happen. You're not doing it in your own strength, but God has given you a divine power to live an incredible, amazing, wonderful life. I think we've got it kind of easy, really. 
we've already escaped the corruption of the world. Amen. And we now participate in divine nature. Our nature is changed. So excited. So what is divine nature? What does this actual portrait look like? You're full of life, you're full of joy. Well, let's go to Galatians 5, 22. Let's read verse 25 first. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Spirit, 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 Spirit. Seal of approval, Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. You're full of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say? Walk in the Spirit. So what is the Spirit? What's the fruit of the Spirit? What does the Spirit look like? Well, jump up to verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That should be exciting. (laughs) But the fruit of the Spirit, you have the Spirit, is love. Your portrait should be covered in love. Covered in love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Your portrait, joyful. Your face shouldn't be like my passport picture. It should be beaming. The joy of the Lord. Peace. Peace can change everything about your life when you walk in the peace of God. Your portrait shouldn't look worried. It should look peaceful. And you know what? When other people look at your portrait, when you see someone smiling, what is your natural reaction? You smile back. When you're around someone that's peaceful, what happens to you? You get more peaceful. You kind of go, ah. And this is who you are. This is what your portrait is. Patience. Your portrait should look like patience. What does that look like? Not snapping at someone? <laughs> I am patient. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. That's what your portrait looks like. You are a person of the spirit. You have divine nature. You are a new creation. You should be excited. (laughs) Your portrait should look like an expression of this, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and the rest. Now, we all know this. James 3, verse 3 to 5. When we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. What you say has power. You don't have to pray yourself or fight into the divine nature. Jesus did that on the cross. You have the divine nature the second you believed. But your tongue has so much power that if you want to put a few black splodges on your portrait, you just do it with your mouth. If you keep saying, I'm angry, what are you going to be? If you say, oh, I've got a temper. I've got, oh, I've got such a temper, me. I just lose it. I've got such a short fuse. What's going to happen? But if you say, I have peace, God is in control, and you speak that out, you're steering your path. You're laying before you the bricks on your road to walk through as you speak. 
What you speak will steer where you go. So what do you speak about your portrait? Do you speak negative things from your old life or do you speak what you look like now in Christ? Words have so much power. I walk by the Spirit. I walk in love. I am a joyful person. I have peace. I am patient. I wasn't going to tell you this, but it's right to you. Four years ago, I got quite ill, and I was diagnosed with something called ME, um, and it basically shatters your whole life, and you find it really hard to get out of bed in the morning, you can be in intense pain, ridiculous headaches, the list is endless, and if anyone knows anything about it, you'll know it's horrible. And I spent a little bit of time in bed, and then I started to get a little bit stronger so I could work, and I worked part-time with very flexible hours, (laughs) and... God told me right at the start, you are healed. Now, I would try and get out out of bed in the morning and be in agony. But the words that God said to me was, you are healed. So I said it. In the place of not even being able to move my legs, I said, I am healed. Already, not I will be, but I am. Because that's the truth. That's the divine nature. That's the path I'm laying for myself with my words. And one of the marks of that illness is just a complete lack of strength. In in your mind, in your emotions, in your body, you just have nothing. You're running on empty all the time. And God gave me one verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The majority of people that get diagnosed with that illness also get diagnosed with depression. Not because the illness makes, depression is part of the illness, but because it's so horrible You feel like you have nothing to thank God for and you get depressed. I'm not speaking that over anyone. That's just the statistics that the doctor said. And God told me my verse was the joy of the Lord is my strength. Kind of makes sense when you know a little bit about the illness. So every day I woke up and I said, today the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am healed. And I walked around and I confessed what I'm thankful for. Because that's how you get joyful when you feel down. You start looking at all the good things that God has done for you and you start praising him for it. A little while ago, I saw my doctor. This is an incurable illness, by the way. You can cope with it. You can adapt your life to it. But that's it. You've got it. It can get slightly better. It can get a lot worse. I have family members in wheelchairs with it. And... A little, a few months ago, I spoke to the doctor, and the doctor says, you don't have it anymore. It's gone. And that is because God did it. God has given us a divine nature. God has made us a new creation. We have to accept that, and with our mouths, lay the path to walk in it. Now, there are other things that you need to do to help you walk in it. You need to get in the Word. You need to pray. You need to build up your spirit. But this is what God said today. That with our mouths, we need to lay the paths to walk in this divine nature. Not confessing things over your life that is old creation. But speaking words from your mouth that is who you really and truly are. I don't ever want to slip up and say I'm Becky Linscott, Becky McGowan again. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I don't want to do a slip of the tongue and get it wrong. Because my identity is different. 
So what are you confessing? At the moment, I'm confessing I have amazing self-control because I put on about 20 stone on honeymoon and I'm trying to lose it. And then people keep bringing cakes into the office and I'm like, I have self-control, I have amazing self-control. It's not working, but I'm going to keep confessing it until I've laid that path and I walk in it. Yeah. Silly example, I know. But this affects every single area of your life. And for those of you earlier on when Mark was praying about peace, you need to keep confessing peace. You need to keep saying, I am a person of peace. And if you're around one of those per- people, the Bible says you're a peace releaser, that you're called to release peace to other people so you confess peace over them as well. Get alongside them. We're not in this alone. We're in this together. So help each other. Confess the right things. You can do this because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There are mornings when I did not want to get out of bed to go to work, and I had to sit there and go, you can do this. You can do this. You can do all things through Christ. He gives you strength. Joy of the Lord is your strength, and you are a joyful person. And sometimes it would take me an hour to sit up and to stand up out of bed. But I tell you what, I'd get to work, and something amazing would happen at work that day. Okay, I want you all to stand up. I'm not going to talk about you confessing and you not confess. (laughs) That would be silly. If you do not know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and that you have your seal, no one's going to look. I want everyone to close their eyes. I want you to come down to the front, to the prayer team down here, to Pastor Tony and Pam, and they're going to lay hands on you and they're going to pray for you. And you're going to be filled with the Spirit and you're going to know. If there is any doubt in your mind, I want you to come down. No one's going to look. But the rest of us, and you can do that right now. We're not going to wait on ceremony and have pretty music in the background because your everyday life does not have pretty music in the background. Your everyday life has kids running around, being noisy, making a mess. It has people at work stressing you out, your boss having a go at you, someone that you're over not doing their job properly. That's what your everyday life looks like. If it does, you need to start confessing some things and see all that change. Your everyday life might look like pain. You don't have pretty music in the background, so that's why I'm not asking the worship team to come forward. So I want you to start confessing this stuff. I am a person of the Spirit. I participate in divine nature. I am full of love. I am a joyful person. I have peace. I am always patient. I am always patient. In every situation, I am patient. In every situation, I am patient. I am kind. I am kind. To everyone, I am kind. To everyone, I am kind. I show goodness to others. I show goodness to others. I am faithful. I am faithful. I am gentle. I am gentle. Everyone I meet sees my gentleness. I have amazing self-control. I am a man or woman of the Spirit. I have firm faith. I'm not shaken by circumstances. I live by truth. I am increasing in my knowledge of God. 
I read the Bible and I hear the Lord. There is no room for sinful nature in my life. I do not give in to temptation. I am sinless. I am sinless. I persevere. I'm not deterred by opposition. I'm pursuing the call of God. I love God. I'm excited about God, about his word, about his truth. I'm looking for what God wants me to do. I live as Jesus lived. We can go on and on. I just want you to take a couple of minutes now to speak out stuff over your life that you know you need to confess. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's speak your word, your truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's just keep in that place. We're just going to carry on with a few extra ones. Um, the Lord is my righteousness. He has cleansed me from my sins by his blood and made me totally acceptable in his sight. Today I will live free from sin. The Lord is my peace. Today, I do not need to worry about anything. Yes. The Lord is with me always. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Today, his presence goes with me and gives me rest. The Lord loves me. Today, I abide in his love. I can love others with the same love with which he loves me. The Lord is my healer. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm going to say that one again because I think there's probably people here who need to, to take hold of that one. The Lord is my healer. By his stripes, I am healed. For he bore my infirmities and carried my sicknesses. He is my health and salvation. So today I speak his health and healing over my life. I resist all sickness in his name. The Lord is my provider. He is my shepherd, so that I do not lack for anything. Today he makes all grace abound to me, so that in all things, at all times, having all that I need, I will abound in every good work. The Lord is my banner, my victory. He always leads me in triumphant procession in Christ. 
Today I will live as an overcomer. And the Lord has given me authority over all the power of the enemy. Today I submit myself to God. I resist the devil and he flees from me. I overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we overcome today. We live in victory today. We have all that we need today. We're healed today. Thank you, Jesus.